0: Happy Thursday, Penguins. fans. January 19th. The Penguins were not able to continue their winning ways from Monday. They drop a loss to the Ottawa Senators, 5 to 4 on Wednesday night, a very chaotic overtime loss. They get the point, but maybe didn't deserve it. But, you know, they lose another one. And you know, this one will sting because they could have won this game in regulation, to be honest. Even though they didn't deserve to win, they had chances towards the end of the third period to win. And Jake Gensel hit a, hit, a, um, hit a post. Had a couple other chances, but, you know, Brady Kachuk's overtime winner was the main difference. I have a guest for this episode, Alex Metzger of Last Word Hockey, and he also hosts The Last Word on Senator's podcast joining. He has not joined the show before, but we're going to recap this game and then do a small preview for Friday's game as this will be a home and home, of course, between these two teams. It's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins.
1: Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. we going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter. At LRSO Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ben Online. Ben Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. This has been online where the game starts. Joining me now, though, is Alex Metzger of the Last Word on Senators podcast and Last Word on Hockey in general. Funny enough, I used to write for the site about a few years ago, but you know, uh, changed some things up, but you know, we've stayed in contact since. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. What a chaotic game between those, these two teams. A five to four win for the Senators in overtime. Brady Kachuk's goal was a difference. I feel like we got to start with the special teams. I think that was the main difference in this game. The Penguins had a couple of power play goals, but Senators, you know, they had more power play goals than the Penguins. And they also made the Penguins' penalty kill look pretty foolish at times. This was a unit that coming in ranked fourth, <clears throat> excuse me, in the league. And you know, the Senators' power play took it to school throughout this one. What did you make of the special teams battle tonight? What, what do you think the Senators were doing to really take the Penguins' PK out of it?
1: Hey, Andrew, thanks for having me. First of all, I was yeah, it's yeah. been a while, but I'm really happy to be joining the podcast. And, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely crazy game tonight. Um, you know, it, it's funny enough, I think this is, um, you know, for, for people who haven't followed the Ottawa Senators this year, uh, the power play has been the one thing that they have been able to rely on throughout games. To win them some hockey games especially as they have uh they've gone through a bunch of injuries their bottom six frankly doesn't have a, a bunch of guys who should even be in the nhl If we're being completely honest as full-time players um but despite that it's been a hot power play that's helped them get to where they are and that happened tonight as well uh they're ranking fourth in the league at 27.38 percent and uh um yeah it, it's they they added so many weapons this year that it's the ability to have not only just a good top unit that moves the puck around efficiently, but also now with uh, Josh Norris making his return tonight, have a second unit with guys like Brady Kachuk on the second power play at times, Uh, Claude Giroux, obviously, you know, Pence fans will be very familiar with him and and how he moves the puck around. Um, And and even, you know, a guy like uh, Jake Sanderson, who's a rookie in the league and not many people might know, but, you know, he's a really good puck distributor as well. So, and then on the top power play, you have Alex Debrinkit, who's just got a lethal shot. Drake Batherson on the other side, who's got a shot. Uh, Josh Norris is another great shooter. You know, you have Kachuk, who can mix it up in front of the net. Um, the Sens power play has just really been able to provide themselves with a lot of weapons that makes them so multi-dimensional. And, and I think that showed tonight against the Pens penalty kill, which, you know, as you mentioned, it's not like it's a bad unit or anything like that. But when you have so many options for who can shoot the puck, it just makes it so hard to defend. And and we really saw that tonight.
0: Yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. I thought the Penguins also played a little, too, a little too passive for my liking. It was kind of like similar to the way they played against the Rangers in the playoffs where, you know, they go up against what was, I think, the best the best power play in the league last season. And they just kind of backed off of it. They let them do what they want. And that's what I kind of saw from the center tonight. They weren't really blocking shots, getting into the shooting lanes. The Senators were making it very easy with their zone entries. I honestly found it so funny watching the Senators' power play gain the zone with ease because the Penguins, that's the exact opposite of what they're doing on the power play. It's just, you know, they make it so hard on themselves with that drop pass and then they go to the boards and the the puck is just going down the other way. With the Senators, their zone entries were so clean. I think they took the Penguins by surprise and they were able to do whatever they wanted. Sure, they got a couple of bounces, but, you know, they were red hot on the power play tonight. And it was also very rare that you see a team get nine to 10 power play opportunities. The Penguins, funny enough, Alex, they did have nine power plays against the devil's just a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, everyone's saying, Oh my God, this, Oh my God, that. Well, you know, they got karma in this one, nine to 10 power plays. Vitiating, definitely suspect, but you know, that's just, it's typical NHL stuff. I'm not really too surprised. What I was surprised though was, nine to ten power plays for a team it's just something you don't see every day and it just makes this game so hard to truly evaluate because half the game i felt like was spent on special teams because the penguins i think believe had almost four to five power plays as well so you know definitely a weird one overall um just that's in my opinion
1: yeah it was a trip to the box tonight right like and Mm -hmm. um you know i I thought there was definitely a couple weak calls that cross check on. uh Joseph there Pierre Oliver Joseph that was I thought one of the one of the weaker calls I have seen in a while um you know and then it's weird too cuz there was the, the the double minor for high sticking um the double minor for the the hook which I get you know not happy about but um it sounded like he was chewing out the ref for about <laughs> 2 minutes there so maybe you shouldn't be surprised when you get an extra 2 for that um but yeah it, it was a bit of a mix of uh, I definitely don't think the refs were great that's for sure um, but there was also some undisciplined hockey on both sides of the, uh, of tonight. You know, I thought the, um, um, the play, uh, Josh Norris hitting Malkin, that was a pretty bad hit. Um, you know, you don't, you know, I, I know people will try and say, oh, he turned at the last second. The onus is on the hitter. You can't, you can't be hitting a guy, you know, shoulder to like almost back in you know in the head version of the boards. Uh, and then even on the power play there, uh. You know, was it the most vicious trip against Malkin to set up a five-on-three? No, but when a guy's coming through with speed, you know, you got to know you can't stick your foot out to, to, you know, trip the guy. So, um, yeah, it it was a weird one in terms of it didn't really feel like we got much flow at five-on-five either way. You know, like it was with so many penalties, it kind of just felt like they were chipping and chasing and getting the chances here or there at five-on-five. But then we were ultimately almost just waiting for the next penalty to happen and come around, you know a couple minutes later, which really made for, yeah, a very strange game at the 5-on-5 level, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, when the game was at 5-on-5, I I still thought the Senators were the better team. You know, I I go on natural stat trick, obviously, and and check every game. At 5-on-5, the Senators had 63% of the shot attempts, 59% of the scoring chances, and 63% of the high-danger chances. You know, even when the game was at 5-on-5, I I thought the Senators were the better team. But, you know, the Penguins did push back in the third period, especially after they tied it. Um, I was saying in my intro, Alex – you know, Jake Gensel probably buries that chance 9.9 9 out of 10 times at the end there. I think they got really lucky that he did not bury that. He's just had a little bit of a weird year by his standards. I predicted him he was gonna get close to 50, if not 50 this season, but doesn't look like that's gonna happen right now. But you know, I I think Friday's game will probably feature more five on five plays. So we'll really get to see just, you know, how good they stack up against each other at evens and not um with special teams. To, um am to say the least, but you know, that was the big story of this one. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into the goaltending and how how I thought, you know, both goalies tonight were, you know, I, I would say Cam Talbot was a bit iffy, but you know, Casey DeSmith, I didn't really like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that last goal, um, that he gave up in overtime to Brady Kachuk. So we're going to get into that, um, coming up right after this. But first, if I can get my beautiful bet online promo up here it's your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis you can get the latest ons and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball in the world cup we've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can even find those at betonline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info you can head to the website today or use your motor device to learn more that is betonline where the game starts all right, I'm back on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. All the show's Twitter at Penguins. This is Alex Metzger of Last Word on Hockey and the Last Word on Centers podcast. So, Alex, goaltending I also think was a big story in this game as IT is going into this. Cam Talbot definitely looked a little shaky in there. I did not like that Mark Friedman goal that he gave up. Just kind of flubbed in, to be honest. I, I thought he was, could have done maybe a little bit better on the Malkin goal. Um, early on. And then honestly, um, the Raquel one, you know, kind of, I, I wouldn't say it, was, I, I would say it was a fortunate balance with the Penguins cause it bounced right off of them. And I don't know how much to could have done with that, but definitely looked a bit weak. And then for Casey to Smith, I understand that puck deflected off Marcus Pedersen and I did not like Pedersen kind of backing off Kachuk there. He needs to be more aggressive, I think on that play and actually step up cause that's when he's at his best in my opinion. But you know, what did you think of the goaltending um, in this matchup?
1: Yeah, I think it's probably fair to say, uh, even though, you know, as you talked before the break there, the Penguins had that three-minute shift right at the end where I can't believe they didn't score. You know, they were all over. Um, But I think it is fair to say Cam Talbot gifted the Penguins a point tonight. Um, That was three of some of the worst goals I've seen a goalie let up in terms of – would looked like there was a hole in his glove for the first and third goals, like the Friedman goal especially. I don't know how that went in. I I still, I watched it three times and it hit his glove straight and and just, it went in. I was like, I'm watching her and go, what on earth? And then, yeah, the fourth goal, I get it's tough. And and the broadcast here on Sportsnet that I was watching, they were trying to defend uh, Talbot for it as well. And they were like, well, it takes a deflection and then the shot comes. It's like, okay, but the shot was still at his shoulder. Like, I don't know how that one went in either. So, yeah, it was um, not a good game for Cam Talbot. Um, For Casey DeSmith, I thought he played all right. I I saw you were on on Twitter. You you weren't too happy with his game. Um, Definitely, I think it's a case of you might want him to have one of the the couple that he gave in in terms of it'd be nice to get a save. But I do think he made a couple really big saves throughout as well in terms of – Thomas Chabot got in on a break, a half break away at one point. And he made a nice save. Uh, uh, Pinto had a nice chance right in the slot as well in the third period. He made a really nice save on. There was three or four in the second third period, uh, especially where I think, you know, it was kind of a lot of the times when the Penguins had some zone control and then the counterattack of Ottawa caught them the other way. And, and it came back on an odd man rush that I thought the Smith played a. It um, made, made really nice stops on those. So, yeah, the, the last goal definitely wasn't ideal. Uh, it was a decent shot, but uh, I thought overall Talbot, I mean, he's not getting a start on Friday night. You got, The Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins will be seeing Anton Forsberg. I can almost guarantee that. Um, but from the, the Casey Smith side of things, you know, he, he played fine, I, I think. Like, I, he made some good stops. You know, I don't think most of the goals were, were to blame of him, but, you know, like, uh, it wasn't – It wasn't like he was absolutely standing on his head either. I guess is how I would I I would phrase it.
0: Yeah, I I think that's fair to say. You know, I think some of the goals tonight he really did have no chance on. Especially, I think the two power play goals that when Ottawa they had that double minor and they that was the one that they made it uh, two to one after Jason Zucker opened the scoring. um, Who's just been fantastic this season. Um, Those two, I definitely did not blame him on. A couple others, you know. All right, I just didn't personally like. excuse me, the Brady could chuck one, because I thought he, he was just playing, I think, a little too deep in his crease there. Just wasn't as aggressive enough. And trust me, I get it. Pedersen, it went off him and in. Kind of a little bit of a flub shot. But still, I feel like he probably sh- would want that one back. I think Jari, if he's in, I don't know if that goes in just because, you know, he's the starter, dismissed the backup. But, you know, it's just unfortunate that he couldn't make that save to see if, if he could give his team more of a chance to, you know, go back down the other end because, you know, the Penguins... They've really struggled in overtime this season coming into this game, Alex um, three and six in overtime slash shootouts three and seven. Now very uncharacteristic for a team with all that firepower um, to say the least. So I, d- I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, from a true penguins perspective, you know, some of the lineup choices for Mike Sullivan tonight or just deployment uh, issues, I should say were very odd um, continuing to ice. Jeff Carter just makes me do this basically every single shift. Um, especially late in the third period, Ottawa is pushing and they're having a really good shift in that final minute. And you're icing Jeff Carter and his line out there. Are you trying to intentionally tank when you're in a playoff race? I know the Islanders are losing to the Bruins at the time and they did end up losing to them. So the Penguins are now one point ahead of the Islanders and they're three points um, behind the Capitals and they have a few games in hand on both. But it's just like, why are you not icing your, you know, one of your better lines at that time so you can roll with the other line to start overtime. It just did not make any sense to me. And then Carter got walked. I believe that was by Shabbat, if I'm not mistaken. And they get a beautiful scoring chance with about 30, 45 seconds left. I could have ended the game right there. So I just don't understand what goes through Sullivan's head with that. I think he's just, you know, catering to the veterans a little too much um, for my liking. I just, you know, I, I didn't understand that. Much like Ottawa's bottom six, Alex, that you were talking about. You said, I think you said. Um, a lot of those players are just not NHL players. It's, it's not that bad with the Penguins, but it's it's close because Jeff Carter should just not be in this lineup right now. You know, Gasperi Captain has a few good shifts every now and then. The fourth line, and the, just both lines are totally non-existent. And it just makes the Penguins rely on their top six to win every night. And it's just not a sustainable form of success.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, you're telling me everything I've heard with Ottawa this year, too. You know, they're, if their top six isn't running this year, they're not winning games. It's as simple as that. And, uh, yeah, I look from a Pittsburgh pr- perspective tonight and, um, you know, like just something that flashes, right, even when you're just on national natural stat trick here is there's just a guy in Jonathan Gruden. And I, I'll be totally honest, you know, I don't mo- know much about him as a Sens fan, but he played a minute 55 at 5-on-5 five five in this game. Like it just if you can only be playing a guy a minute 55 in the game and and I get it, like there was a ton of power plays and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm sure that did disrupt the game flow a little bit and and all that stuff. But like, if you're playing a guy under two minutes at five on five in a game, it's like, man, you're, you're almost lighting up a roster spot there.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the point of that was. Like you call him up for his first game against Anaheim. You're actually playing him in third, at a third period when the game is really close but yet tonight, even though there's a lot of special teams, you're icing him for three to four minutes. What is the point? And, you know, I love Mike Sullivan. I think he's a great coach. That said, I have been criticizing him a lot more this this season, excuse me, just because of his deployment issues. Um, he still thinks Brian Dumoulin is 27-year-old Brian Dumlin and not the 30- to 31-year-old that he is now. He still thinks Jeff Carter is prime Jeff Carter and not the almost 40-year-old version that he is now. And, you know, the just the refusal to play some of these younger players and, you know, and, and I know there's not a lot down in wilkes I Trust me. I'm not naive to the fact that the Penguins don't have a lot of prospects. It's just not been the case in this Gino era. But when you have a guy that you call up two games into it and you're playing in three minutes, it, that does not make any sense to me at all. Um, I just, I, I don't understand that at all. But, you know, I was, speaking from an Ottawa perspective, Alex, was impressed by their top six and i said that on my preview um for wednesday's episode you know love their top six their bottom six is a bit weak their defense is a little weak outside of sanderson and shabbat i felt like um their goaltending has been a mixed bag but man that top six can play i felt like they had a good um scoring chance every shift those top two lines were out there to be honest yeah it's the strength
1: of their team no doubt about it and uh yeah, you mentioned their defense. The right side of the defense is an absolute tire fire. Uh, Artem Zub is their best defender on the right side, and he's hurt right now. Uh, and and you know, I I like Zub, but he's at best a number an okay number two guy. And when he mm-hmm. is like head and tails above everyone else, like Travis Hamannik and Nikita Zaitsev play normal minutes on the right side for them. Uh, you know, Zaitsev's injured this year too. Jacob Bernard Docker was playing, tonight, and you know he he looked pretty good as a young guy out there. But yeah, their top six is it, it's the strength of this team, and um you know it, it's funny just as someone who gets to listen to just other people talk sometimes about Ottawa. They've obviously struggled. They had the summer of Pierre, all the hype heading into the year, and they, they haven't lived up to that at all. And, and uh, you know, totally fair, you know, that they, they, they fell flat. And I think some of the expectations were a little high anyways. But the top six has not disappointed. You know, I, I feel like, you know, look around the league, whether it's Calgary, you know, uh, Hubert was not performing. Um, you know, out in Vancouver, they, they were disappointing. And, you know, JT Miller wasn't having a great year. Uh, there's no one in the top six for Ottawa you can point to that's having a disappointing year unless you want to say Josh norris and it's simply because he dislocated his shoulder five games into the season and physically could not play until tonight yeah. um but yeah, like Claude Giroux has been an amazing pickup for this team, both on and off the ice you know he's he's playing at about a point per game and and you know he's playing second power play minutes, which he has never done in his career and hasn't said a word about it. You know, I know I got to tread carefully talking positive about Giroux on a penguins podcast here, but, um. and then, but aside from that, you know, sorry, yeah. It
0: was weird to see him without that gross orange on. I will say that. I, I, I wanted, I wanted to know awkward.
1: if the hate is still there from penguins fans for Giroux, or if now that he doesn't have a Philly Jersey, is it a little different?
0: It, it, it's gone down. I think for some people, you know, it, it just felt so weird. I'm like, look at him out there. I'm like, Sure, he's not a flyer. Like I saw him for 14 years throughout most of my childhood and my teenage years. I'm like, wow, that's just looks weird. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's still something strange to me too. But yeah, and then the the top six. I mean, DeBrink it's been a great pickup. You know, there was there there was a narrative that he started slow in the year and like he didn't score a ton, but he was still point per game. And now he's getting his goal scoring touch back. He's he's back on pace for just under 30 goals this year. And like, I think he could easily hit 30 goals if he keeps getting hot. Uh, and then Tim Stutzla, who was just flying tonight. Uh, he, mark my words, he is going to have the Jack Hughes breakout next season. The hype that Jack Hughes is getting this year, Tim Stutzla will get next year. Uh, he's a year younger than him. Uh, he was a third overall pick in the 2020 draft, but you know he's he's on pace. I think so. He hit 20 goals tonight. He's on pace for I think 85, 86 points now on the year. Um, he has also become more of a defensively responsible center too. He's not gonna. Win a uh, Selkie anytime soon, but he, he's crafting his two way game. Tim Stutz is the real deal, and he has been a treat to watch every single night this year. Um, yeah, but the top six, and then Drake Patterson as well. The, the yeah. top six is just it's it's a tough top six, especially when they're going, they can play with anyone in the league.
0: Yeah, it's loaded, and you know, I loved that trade for to over the offseason. They traded up late first, and I forget what the other thing was, it, it might have been just the it was a seventh overall pick, which is a high enough pick. But, oh, yeah, my apologies. You know,
1: yeah, but for a 24-year-old 40-goal scorer, I mean, that's a price you're more than willing to pay. And then, uh, yeah, it was a mid-second round pick and a late third, I believe, as well. And the third is next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, even though it's the number seven overall pick, I'm, I'm still doing that for a perennial 40-goal scorer who potentially hit 50 at some point. Um, he is worth that. Um, and then some, I'm just surprised they didn't get a roster player in return for him. But, yeah, their top six was loaded. It showed tonight. And, yeah, Stutzel is awesome. Would not be surprised in the slightest, Alex, if he does have that Jack Hughes breakout next season. But that wraps up this second segment. Coming up to end the show, we're going to do a small preview for Friday's game and, you know, what to expect and, you know, just the keys for both teams to come out with a victory. But before we get to that, If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me when you just want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. You've got to try Bilt Bars. With Bilt Bars, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they are very delicious. You won't even think that they're good for you. They are perfect for your New Year's resolution. So you're probably wondering what makes them so good. Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. If you're close to maybe like a Walmart, Sam's Club, anywhere, any of that kind of store, just run in right now and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes. That is Alex Metzger of the Locked On Senators of Locked On Senators. The last word on the Senators podcast. I apologize about that. Um, it's uh, all good. The guys at Locked On Senators do great work as well. Yes, no, they, they <laughs> have a very good show. Um, I, I will definitely say that. Um, well, let's wrap up this show, Alex. So these two teams meet again on Friday at PBG Paints Arena. Thinking about going? Not sure. Um, I'll touch. take a look at the tickets. Um, but, you know, this is the second home and home that the Penguins have had this year. Um, they had one prior uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. They uh, they actually swept that one. They beat them both times. This one, they'll be looking for a split. Um, what, from an uh, Senators perspective, what do you think they have to do to get a win in this one? Because I, I feel like the Penguins are going to be pushing a lot harder in that game. And, Alex, I do think they're going to get some guys back. Jeff Petrie's getting really close. Crystal Tang is getting close and Tristan Jari is also back on the ice would not be surprised to see all three in the lineup for that game.
1: Yeah. For Ottawa, I think it's consistency. Um, They have really struggled to put multiple efforts in a row that, you know, like again, tonight, you know, we mentioned that the Pens had some really good chances at times, but I thought Ottawa controlled the game for the most part. And I haven't seen Ottawa play that well multiple games in a row too many times this year. So if they want any chance on Friday night, you know the Penguins are going to come out much hungrier. Um, you know it's going to have to be consistency and trying to repeat what they did tonight. And um, you know a big thing that I'm worried about personally as a Sens fan on Friday that uh, I think they're going to struggle doing Friday night that they did tonight is shut down Sidney Crosby. Uh, you know he, he had a couple good, really good passes still. But for a Sidney Crosby game, especially that I'm used to watching, it feels like he torches the Sens every time he plays them. He was relatively quiet tonight. Now, that's still an impressive compliment considering he had two passes that easily could have gone in for assists at at the end of the game there. But, um, you know, he he got, you know, not completely shut down, but he he was on the uh, ice for 21 shot attempts against and only 9-4. I don't think he's going to be posted a 30% Corsi 4% again on Friday night. Um, I'm worried about that as a Sens fan. Uh, that's, he's a guy that they obviously have to focus on. I mean, that's stating the exact o- obvious. But um, yeah, for the Sens, it's consistency playing like they are tonight. And then, you know, looking for that goal, the, the save here or there that they, they didn't get tonight. If they get the goaltending that they had tonight again on Friday, it, they don't stand a chance.
0: Yeah, it's funny you do bring up Crosby. He's been struggling a little bit, Alex, over the last week, 10 days, just not playing like himself. I predicted on my Wednesday episode that he would be a force tonight. That did not come true. Um, he just looks lost a little bit, which is very unusual. He's going to snap out of it. He's Sidney Crosby after all. And I liked how you brought it up. Yeah, He usually torches the centers, I believe, um, of all the teams that he's gone up against around the league. Some of his best numbers have come against centers. It's not the Flyers level or the Islanders or the Rangers, but, you know, when he plays the Senators, he usually plays um, very, very well. Um, from a Penguins perspective, you know, I'm saying the obvious, special teams. You know, they've lost a special teams battle each of the last couple of games. They were very fortunate to win on Monday. I, you know, they they had all of the numbers in their favor when you look at natural stat trick, but they were also very sloppy on the ice. John Gibson played really well. Penguins almost lost to uh, probably the worst team in the league and you know they gave up two power play goals to the Ducks that's unacceptable. The Ducks have one of the worst power plays if not the worst power play in the league right now. And then, you know, I know you're playing up against a top 5, top 6 unit in Ottawa still giving up three power play goals. That's unacceptable. You you know you need your penalty killers to bail out other players when they take penalties. They did not do that in this one. I think they're going to be fired up coming into this one. Right now they've only killed off eight of their last 17 penalties. Not good enough for a team that is top 5 in penalty kill. Right now, early in the season, this unit really struggled, but since then, you know, they were number one in the league for a few, for a few weeks. It's gone. It slipped down a little bit, but you know, <clears throat> that needs to be a lot better in the power play woke up a little bit tonight, but still I want to see, you know, some better zone entries. Jesse Marshall, the athletic had a great article um, on Wednesday, looking at just the issues of these, of the zone entries and how that drop pass is just not working because, you know, teams are really doing their tape. And I saw Ottawa was doing theirs tonight and they're being more aggressive coming at the penguins and it's throwing them off their game. They need to um, just be better with that. Also just getting some bodies back. You know, they're, they're getting some points right now. That's big. That's three out of four points. They, they could have gotten the extra one tonight. It stinks that they didn't, but they're still in a playoff spot right now. If they can get some of these bodies back on Friday, um, that should help some things. I think once they get a bit healthier, some of the problems are going to correct themselves. That said, they still need a better bottom six. You need a third line center. Um, <clears throat> right now down there, it's not good enough, at least for me. Um, I don't think they have this trouble of, you know, struggling against younger, faster teams. I think it's just, you know, they get off to slow starts and I don't think they can ever just rebound from it. I thought at times on when, on Wednesday, they were fine at 5v5. I thought other times they got smoked. You know, that's just, you know, the ebbs and flows. Of a game, but you know, I want to see them get off to a better start. I want to see the power play and penalty kill be better. And if Tristan Jari starts um, and plays well, I think they can do enough um, to win this game. We'll have to see. I think they practice on. I think they practice today, um, from what I remember seeing in the PR email. So we'll have to see if some of those injured guys um, get uh, a, whole, a full practice in. So yeah, I mean, I think that basically covers. This one, Alex. If you have if you have anything else to add, I'm not really gonna probably fully make a prediction for this one. Um, if I if I had to, I think the Penguins bounce back, but you know I don't, I'm not really gonna f- fully make one right now. But if yeah. you have anything else to add, go ahead. I'd
1: probably lean Pens. Pens probably get one back here, but I, I I just hope it's a good game. You know that's kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as a sense fan who has watched some really bad, bad hockey over the past four or five years, it's, it's nice just trying to cheer for a team that you feel like might have a chance, even if they're still, I don't know, seven, eight points out of a playoff spot, but yeah, I, I think it'll be a tightly contested game. I, I think it'll be a lot like tonight, um, in terms of back and forth, but you know, I, I think it'll be more in five on five than, than tonight.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I don't think you're going to see that many power, uh, power plays, uh, called again. Um, that's for sure. But um, Alex, I really appreciate you coming on for this Thursday edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll definitely have to do this again, um, especially after, you know, they play for the third time. I'm not really sure when that game is. I have to check the schedule. Um, but we'll definitely have to do this again when they play for the third and final time. I believe that one is in Pittsburgh. This was their final game in Canada tonight from a, from a Penguins perspective. But Alex, um, since you, this is the, your first time on the show, let all the listeners know um, where they can find you and where they can find your work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah, so all my work's at lastwordonhockey.com. Uh, I have a podcast there called The Last Word on Sends podcast, which Hunter and I are actually going to go hop onto to right now and record a second part of the back to back here. Uh, we're doing a home and home as well. So if you want to hear us talk uh, probably more of a macro level than, than the specific games I think is what we're going to do there. Uh, and then I also have another podcast called the MNM hockey podcast with my buddy, Chase McCallum. Uh, we cover everything that goes on in the NHL weekly. Uh, so that, that drops every, every week around Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but you can find all my stuff just on Twitter at NHL sends and stuff. I love talking hockey. there, tweeting hockey, you know, it's send stuff, it's football stuff, uh, all, all kinds of stuff. And that's where you can find all my work. So thank you so much for having me today, Hunter. This was an absolute blast.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. Please, everyone, go follow Alex. He does a tremendous job covering the Sanders and the league as a whole. And, yes, his podcast with Chase is also very good. Chase is a great follow um, on Twitter if you're not following him already either. But, again, thank you all so much for listening to this one from a Penguins perspective. Stinks they couldn't get the results tonight, but they'll have another chance. On Friday, we'll see if they can play better in both special teams and five-on-five. So, um, again, thank you all so much for listening. I'll talk with you all on Friday when we do a full game recap episode for that one. Talk to you all then.